from the Heritage Foundation. I'm Tim Desher, and this is Heritage Explains. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi saying the massive COVID relief and government funding bill is on its way to President Trump. This comes after House Republicans blocked Democrats' efforts to increase direct payments to Americans from $600 to $2,000, which the president had demanded. I am asking Congress to amend this bill and increase the ridiculously low $600 to $2,000 or $4,000 for a couple. It's a new day. The Democrats and President Trump are actually on the same side of an issue. Both supporting $2,000 checks sent by the federal government to anyone making $75,000 per year or less. These checks will be sent regardless of whether or not a person is employed. If we watch or read the news, one common word is used to describe these checks. Stimulus? Here we go again. Since when did government payments of any amount stimulate anything except our already out-of-control debt? Or given the pandemic, is this time different than times in the past? Will this money actually stimulate economic activity? Will increasing payments from $600 to $2,000 do anything meaningful for people? Adam Michelle is a senior policy analyst in the Rose Center for the Federal Budget here at the Heritage Foundation. This is his issue, and he tracks it well. He's going to correct this dangerous D.C. narrative and walk us through the five reasons why a stimulus check is not the answer. Rather, the best path forward is the government working to ensure that the economy can reopen safely. Adam, thank you so much for being here with us this week to explain a very, very complex circumstance right now where we stand. Thousands of pages made up this omnibus bill that was signed last night by President Trump. It included hundreds of billions of dollars, almost a trillion dollars in pandemic relief. There are elements, we hear the word stimulus being used, we're going to get into that. But but just for our listeners, briefly cover what is in this monstrosity. Well, thanks for having me on. It, it's hard to, you can't just list all the things that are in here. It's a bill that uh, funds the government for for the rest of the year. So there's a lot of money for just about every for everything the government does. Uh, it, there's uh, lots of special interest provisions that are included on there. There's special subsidies for a tuna cannery in the Samoas. There's money for renewable energy, for tax credits, for wind power, for solar. You can sort of go down the list. There's there's something for everyone, but there's also this large coronavirus relief package, $900 plus billion that uh, has lots of other things in aids, aid for businesses, aid for individuals, unemployment. So you pick what you want to talk about. It covers everything. So before we get into the specifics here, let's talk more about pandemic relief here. Almost a trillion dollars for, for pandemic relief. Are we hitting the mark with that specific provision of this omnibus bill? 
No, we're not. Okay. Uh, we are now nine months into this pandemic, and the Congress has already passed uh, several bills that provide relief for Americans. And the things that are in this bill now, almost all of them are are either poorly targeted to the crisis or, or wholly unnecessary. And the bill really doesn't do the couple of things that, that Congress should be doing, like mm. increasing rapid testing and, and the types of stuff that, that could actually make a dis- difference on the ground. Congress is being distracted by the throw money at the problem rather than let's really get into the things that we can do to help the pandemic recede. Your recent piece with our great colleague, Rachel Gressler, breaks down this issue, I think, very well. Uh, and folks, you got to log on to the show notes. Uh, the, the piece is called Five Reasons Why More Stimulus Checks Are Not the Answer. Hit the highlights on this list of five here for me. First, most Americans have jobs. Despite many Americans being unemployed, there are 150 million Americans who are still fortunate enough to have their jobs. There's 10 million Americans, about a little more than 10 million Americans who are unemployed. And so sending a check to every American isn't targeted to those 10, 11 million Americans who are actually unemployed. Number two, savings rates are exceptionally high. This might be counterintuitive, but because the federal government has already sent out stimulus checks, because of all the other money that, the, that, that has been included in the previous relief bills, Americans are actually saving more than we've, we've ever seen. Thus far in the pandemic, Americans have saved almost $2 trillion, and the savings rate was a, a just below 20%, up from just about 6% in normal times. And it just goes to show that because Americans don't have as many things to spend money on, that those Americans who are employed are not in need of another check from Washington. Number three, Americans are paying off credit card debt at record levels. This is linked to high rates of savings. Because people have more money in their bank accounts, uh, if if you have debt, you're paying it down. Hmm. In the first three quarters of 2020, Americans paid off $119 billion in debt which is incredible. And, and that just goes to show, again, that, that there are s- Americans out there who are doing well who don't need that federal aid. We should save those resources for, for those places it's actually needed. Number four, they aren't stimulative. This gets to the fallacy that the federal government can tax it and spend its way into economic prosperity. So-called Keynesian economics, right? Exactly. It's this idea that that the federal government can write checks and those checks will magically turn into economic growth. Hmm. We simply don't see this historically. Uh, that we've had with countless historical examples, the most recent one being the Great Recession. We tried sending checks to, to many Americans. We didn't see big spikes in, in people going out and spending that money in a way that would expand the economy. We've been talking about people increasing their savings and paying off debt. That's mostly what people do when they get this windfall from, from Washington. And so there's no reason to expect that this time, this economic crisis where people are not doing the economic activities they otherwise would because they're scared to go out, because the government told them they couldn't, that uh, a check from Washington is somehow going to change those dynamics dramatically. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily drive business investment, which is one of the major things that helps grow the economy, that helps 
people be employed, gain employment, stay employed. That investment that a business puts in, a $600 check isn't going to be the difference between a company investing and not. Economic growth ultimately comes from people working, people working with new tools, better tools. Uh, and those those tools require investment, as you were as you were talking about. And it's that it's that underlying investment in the economy that ultimately makes us better off year after year after year. And when the when the government taxes our money away uh, in order to send a check to every American, it undermines that that original channel of investment that built the economy that allows us to have the resources to have the ex- massive government we have today. And so ultimately, in the long run, stimulus checks today will make us poorer in the future rather than than better off. The final one, the final reason more stimulus checks are not the answer. Number five, further spending increases the risk of financial crisis. The federal debt continues to expand. We're, we're going to easily pass a debt that's the same size as our annual economy um, this yeah. year. The, the $2.2 trillion in new debt that Congress has uh, took on before this most recent additional trillion dollars is the equivalent of $18,000 for every American household. This new bill that was that was just signed pushes that to $26,000 for every American household. And that's just coronavirus aid, um, new coronavirus aid debt. And then we have all the rest of the things the federal government spends money on. And so eventually that has to stop. We don't know when. The crisis is looming out there, and Congress will have to get their act together sooner or later. Let's talk about this idea of using this crisis to bail out states. That's been a huge issue pushed by the left, and some people on the right have been in favor of that idea. Was there any funding in this to help states pay off pension obligations or things like that? One of the wins in this bill is that there is no unrestricted additional aid to state and local governments. And that's a good thing. Congress was right not to increase uh, this unrestricted aid. Congress has already provided eight times any revenue losses that states have seen to date. So more than making up for any loss in tax revenue state and local governments have, have seen. The, the idea that the federal government should be further sending money to states isn't consistent with what we've seen the actual data on the ground say state and local governments would need, and setting aside the, the fact that it's not the federal government's role in the first place right. to, to subsidize state and local budgets. So let's say the federal government sends the state of Michigan money. Is there any way that that money, regardless of what the federal government expects it to be spent on, is there any way that they'll be able to use that money to bail out a pension or do something else that they would otherwise not be able to do without this federal money? Money is fungible. Fungible, and right. That means that if, if you say, Tim, here's a dollar, only spend it on food, you could, you could spend that dollar on food, but you freed up another dollar that you would have spent on food for whatever else. Right. And so the bill that was passed did provide a lot of additional money to states for things like transportation and contact tracing and vaccine distribution. And so all of that money does free up additional resources elsewhere in state budgets. But it's a small win, at least, that the federal government didn't say, don't even put up the pretense that you're not going to spend it on these other things. Here's unrestricted money. I think that it was was ultimately a good thing. If you were given 
one minute to tell Congress, tell the president, no more stimulus. What would be your elevator pitch for that? Stimulus in the traditional sense doesn't work. Historically, in the last couple of months, we've been trying it. Instead, allowing people to get back to work, allowing schools to open back up, hmm. allowing businesses to, to operate. These are the things that will help begin to make people whole again. Uh, we can't fix this problem by throwing money at it. We should instead be focusing on those things that allow people to get back to their communities, get back to their, their livelihoods. And that is a much harder nut to crack, but sending a check to every American doesn't even get us part of the way there. And it just takes us deeper into the mess that we've been making. <laughs> it just, yeah, it just digs the, the, the hole deeper that, that, that Congress has been, been digging for, for de- frankly, decades now. And it just delays the conversation on, on how are we going to ultimately pay all of this back. Adam, thank you so much for being here today. It's such a a huge issue, but I think you have really done a great job of laying out the argument for opening up and not relying on the federal government to, quote unquote, stimulate something that won't be stimulated. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for being a loyal listener to Heritage Explains. I've gone ahead and linked to Adam's work as well as some other goodies in the show notes. So log on, check it out. We like it when you like us. We give thumbs up when you give us thumbs up. And we are positive on positive feedback and comments alike. So leave them wherever you listen or send us an email at managingeditor@heritage.org. Michelle Cordero is up next week. Heritage Explains is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is produced by Michelle Cordero and Tim Descher, with editing by John.